Yo, it's your host with the most. I'm Chris the Down One. Welcome to another episode of the One Man One Mike podcast. I believe this is episode six or seven. I'm not 100% sure. We're going to have a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about Henry Cavell, DC Universe, what is going on, and will he ever put the S on his chest? As well as Patriots News. You guys know I'm not a Patriots fan, but we got to talk about them anyway because they're in the news. As well as we're going to have some music news that we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about Jimmy Butler. Now, the first thing I want to tackle and address is Henry Cavell. There's a rumor out there. And once again, these are rumors, okay, that uh, Henry Cavell and Warner Brothers' uh, relationship is not that strong, okay? And there's a rumor that suggests that he no longer wants to be Superman. Now, uh, the relationship is struggling right now because Henry Cavell is now a highly demanding actor that a lot of fam- a lot of projects in Hollywood wants to have him um, uh, sign up for, uh, particularly uh, with Mission Impossible. That was a very successful m- movie. Uh, Justice League, Man of Steel, uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, even though everyone may have an opinion about those those latter movies I just mentioned, still, it's got his name in the buzz, and it's got got him as well as his name in Hollywood. Now, every uh, film project wants Henry Cavill. He's the hot leading man that uh, everyone wants. Okay, so Warner Brothers and Henry Cavill. When you talk about their relationship, it's kind of fickle, and it's not as bad as, uh, you know, Ben Affleck and Warner Brothers, and we're going to talk about uh, that in a second. But when you talk about these two actors, they're on two different stratospheres. Uh, Henry Cavill, I feel like this will be mended uh, because Warner Brothers uh, wanted him to... uh, come back to do some uh, certain segments to streamline or certain segments in uh, Justice League as well as make him um, as well as bringing him back and see if he can do a cameo in Sazam but uh, he was very busy okay he was working on other projects and uh, that's kind of uh, rubbing Warner Brothers kind of the wrong way because he's a highly demanding actor Okay. Now, Henry Cavell wants to come back as Superman. His agent uh, sent a tweet. She says that uh, he's still Superman. And, uh, you know, Warner Brothers really haven't talked about... They've been talking, chirping, but they haven't been talking about uh, letting go of Henry Cavell. Now, uh, when you talk about Ben Affleck, he no longer wants to be Batman. Uh, I feel like the feelings is mutual with Warner Brothers. Um, even though he he uh, he did a decent Batman, but when you talk about these two characters, Superman and Batman, I feel like you just can't let anyone be Superman. You have to have a certain uh, a certain quality about you, a certain quantity about you. Uh, you have you, you know uh, you have to have a, a certain personality about you, okay, in order for you to be Superman. Versus Batman. Uh, all you're doing is just putting, um, you know, a mask and a cape over the person. You don't really necessarily see the person's face. And Batman, as the character, as the character in the comic book world, he really wasn't a charismatic, uh, open type of guy. Okay, so uh, and his uh, uh, personality wasn't through the roof. 
All right. So you can literally put anyone and portray anyone as Batman, but it's really hard to find an actor to play Superman. Now, the last great Superman we had in the film world was Christopher Reed. And then after Christopher Reed, there have been other actors that put on the cape and the blue suit, but they didn't really reach pop. They didn't reach popular ranks like Christopher Reed did for Superman. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like you just can't put anyone as Superman. Now there is other rumors. And once again, these are rumors that are suggesting that Michael B. Jordan, uh, maybe, uh, there's rumors out there that maybe he should be Superman. And I feel like that will be a bad choice as someone to uh, portray Superman. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, to me as a comic book nerd, I, that's the, the character has to be uh, has to be consistent with the actor or the actress. Not anyone can play these certain characters and these certain characters, uh, you know, it's it just my opinion. It's, it's like uh, letting Brian Reynolds become the Black Panther. OK, it just doesn't fit. And Michael B. Jordan, uh, as the actor, it just wouldn't necessarily fit as Superman. Now, there's other rumors out there that suggest that they're thinking about make, uh, uh, making a Supergirl project for the motion picture. And I apologize for the noise in the background. Sorry about that. Got my window open because I'm trying to get some cold air in here, cool air in here. Uh, but uh, when, when you talk about uh, Supergirl transcending in the motion picture world i really don't see that uh project on and popping as well uh i feel like uh henry cavill to have a winning formula with him and it would be in the best interest not only for water brothers but as henry cavill himself all right so uh i feel like cooler heads are going to prevail they're going to give him his money and they're going to give him uh, the flexibility to, uh, you know, work on other projects. Okay. Because a lot, these, uh, DC universe projects are constrained, are, are very long. Okay. They're not two to three months, in, uh, making then the film is over with. Sometimes it takes years, maybe two. Okay. So now as far as Ben Affleck, I, I saw that coming because of Ben Affleck, uh, the person, Ben Affleck is not a committed type of guy. He doesn't do sequels very well. He doesn't like sequels. There's a lot of good movies Ben Affleck has been in. And, uh, and in the Hollywood world, as well as myself, we wonder, well, why come he didn't make a sequel to that movie? Because he played a great character in that particular movie. And that's large part due to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck likes to uh, move around. He doesn't like to stay with one project for like six to seven years. He likes to, uh, you know, move from one project to another project and have, and really have no commitment to either project. Okay. Just do the, that one move in your, and he's bouncing. Okay. Uh, so I knew the Ben Affleck, I knew he was no longer going to do Batman. And there are a lot of choices that are going to, who's going to be the next Batman. And uh, like I said earlier, I don't think it's very hard or difficult to find someone to do Batman uh, because Batman as the hero, he's not, excuse me, Batman as the hero, he's not a charismatic character, okay? Um, I have seen a lot of Batman movies 
And the majority of the actors who portray Batman, they did a, a decent to a good job, okay? But to me, the character, to me, that you don't really see a lot of time when you talk about these Batman movies is Bruce Wayne. You know, Batman is like in 90% of the movie. And Bruce Wayne is probably in 10 to 5% of the movie. And a lot of actors, like Michael Keaton played a great Batman and Bruce Wayne. But when you look at Val Kimball, when you look at, um, um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name uh, after him, uh, George Cooney. Uh, when you look at these guys, they when they when when they took the cape off and became Bruce Wayne, uh, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a a de- it was a decent Bruce Wayne wasn't a great Bruce Wayne. Okay, uh, uh, and, and uh, the Dark Knight Rises series. Christian Bale, when he portrayed Batman, he did a he did a, a a decent Bruce Wayne, okay. But I feel like in that world, it's harder to do Bruce Wayne than it is to do Batman. Batman is literally that easy, okay. Uh, now the next topic we're going to talk about is Patrick news. Uh, you know, there's a book that's out there that's talking about Tom Brady, talking about his relationship with Bill Belichick. It's not the best relationship. Surprise, surprise. Um, he, you know, wasn't too happy about Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was the pretty much the one that was trying to push him out the door because he saw the writing on the wall because Bill Belichick made this phrase common. And he made this phrase common when um, Tom Brady was, uh, you know, just a, a, a rookie. He said, I'd rather give up on a player two to three years early than two to three years late. Clearly, he saw the writing on the wall that Jimmy G was going to be his successor. He wasn't having it. And he got the owner, Rob Kraft, to uh, put pressure on Belichick to get rid of Jimmy G. And Jimmy G is with the 49ers. Now, he feel like he can play um, a three to four more years. But his wife, as well as himself, now he's singing a different tune saying, well, maybe two to three years is too much. Okay which it is, and in football terms, it's very long for uh, an older like Tom, uh, older quarterback like Tom Brady to still keep playing, okay? But uh, the New England Patriots are sort of strapped with uh, Brady. I mean, they don't have anyone else to go to, uh, and Brady don't have to look over his shoulder to find out who's his next successor. But clearly, the Patriots... Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, they're, they're probably behind closed doors behind Tom Brady's back uh, looking at uh, the next crop of quarterbacks for next year and can they possibly get their hands on that quarterback because they know uh, Tom Brady's time is coming and it's coming real fast and real quick, okay? Now, in other Patriot news, Josh Gordon is now a member of the New England Patriots. The uh Browns got rid of him. Now, believe what you want to believe. They felt like uh, he broke his last straw, so to say, when he got injured doing a photo shoot. All right. And they just giving up on Josh Gordon. Okay. They kind of want to just start all over what they have right now. So Josh Gordon is now uh, a member of the Patriots. And a lot of people are trying to say, oh, this is like uh, when they traded for Randy Moss thing about that is Randy Moss was ultra talented okay and 
Randy Moss had certain um, in his time, he choose when to play. And when he chose he wanted to play, he was the best player on the field. Uh, Josh Gordon, I don't see a lot of Randy Moss in him. He's going to have some spectacular plays, but really, it depends on how fast he can pick up that uh, book, the playbook, and adapt to it. And uh, if he can pick it up real fast, I can see some Randy Moss. Some I can see some games where he can be like a Randy Moss. But if he doesn't pick it up any fast, he, and if he doesn't adapt to the Patriots way, I can see him as uh, Ocho Cinco. Remember Ocho Cinco when he went to the Patriots and how that was pretty much a disaster? So uh, I can see that. And uh, the way how they got this trade approved is they're really not on the hook with Josh Gordon. The only way they're on the hook with him if he plays all 10 games, which I see, I strongly suspect he's going to play all 10 games, and they didn't lose too much for him, okay? He's clearly a rental player. They're not going to re-sign him unless he wants to take a salary cut and stay with the Patriots. That's the only way I can see this transpiring or happening, okay? Um, Now, the next thing uh, I I want to talk about is Jimmy, uh, I'm about to say Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, Okay, now he wants to be traded. He's got demand. He's not necessarily demands, but he gave a list of teams he wouldn't mind being traded to. The Clippers made that list. The Knicks made that list. But what about the Lakers? They got LeBron James. Certainly they made the list. And Jimmy Butler chose he don't want to go to the Lakers. Now, if you've been following me on YouTube, you know how I feel about Jimmy Butler. I feel like he's a jack of all trades, but he's he's a master of none. He's a pretty good shooter, a pretty good defender, a pretty good assist guy, a pretty good scorer, a pretty good uh, you know, uh low post uh offense and defense. He's pretty good in all those mentions, but he's not great. Uh, I, I don't see a Jimmy Butler like a LeBron James. You know, I don't see a, a situation where if you implement Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, that team gets becomes better. OK, I, I don't see that happening with him. OK, so the thing about uh, and like I said on YouTube, uh, I, I said and I called it. I didn't see this working out for the Minnesota Timberwolves right it didn't work out for them and um and it's not going to work out for the next team he gets traded to now if he goes to the clippers uh, i see him as the man with the clippers uh, and then there are also talks that maybe they can persuade kyrie irvin to join the clippers i don't see that okay uh, I, I definitely do not see that but you know uh you know it's it's okay to dream and and this that and the other but when he went to the Minnesota Timberwolves, I knew uh, this wasn't going to work because of Tom Thibodeau. He had experience playing for Tom Thibodeau. He can he can be wearing on you sometimes. And now Tom Thibodeau is not only the head coach; he's also uh, he he's he also has front office control. Okay, and uh, I think uh, Tom Thibodeau, if he was coaching a team with a bunch of younger players that are not, you know, uh, super, uh, that, that don't have name recognition or, or clout or anything like that. He can probably get something out of them than any other coach, uh, in the NBA. However, when you're dealing with 
younger players like an Andrew Williams and a Carl Anthony Towns. And Jimmy Butler even illustrated this. Like, um, Anthony Wiggins is only caring about his money because he's a young player. And that's the first thing young players think about, their money and their playing time. And that's what you got with these two players, Carl Anthony Towns and uh, uh, Anthony Wiggins. Uh, Jimmy Butler, you was in that same type of rabbit hole when you was young in the NBA, okay? Uh, They're going to have a different mentality. Uh, Clearly, Jimmy Butler wants to win championships. He's in his latter years, latter, latter years of his career. And to me, him going to the Clippers, he'll go there three, four years later, he'll be complaining about the Clippers. If he goes to the Knicks, once again, he'll be in the same situation like he is with the Minnesota Timberwolves, okay? The Minnesota Timberwolves, the reason why that didn't become successful is because you got a bunch of players with different mixtures of talent, and that talent doesn't attract to the talent that you already have on the team, okay? It's just a bunch of different mixtures, okay? And that's the same thing that's going to go on and transpire with the Knicks. If he goes there, and if Kyrie Irving goes there, and if Pozinga still stays there, you got three different players with three different types of talent, okay? Pozingas needs to be fed the ball, okay? Uh, when you talk about Kyrie Irving, he needs the ball, okay? Butler can play off the ball, but his best attribute is uh, giving him the ball, all right? So um, I don't see this working unless all three of these guys come to a point and say, hey, look, we're going to have to uh, lower our expectations and play in a way that makes the team successful. And if Jimmy Butler didn't have that conversation with the Bulls, and he definitely don't have that conversation with the Minnesota Timberwolves, what make you guys think he's going to have that type of uh, energy and that type of conversation if he goes or get traded to the Knicks? Something to think about, okay? Something to definitely uh, think about, all right? Now, last but not least, music news, okay? Uh, Everyone was talking about the Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly uh, Machine Gun Kelly made a diss to Eminem. Eminem made a diss to Machine Gun Kelly. And now you got these questionable music critics talking about what is real rap uh, battle music, okay? Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about everything under the sun about Eminem's uh, diss song, except the context, the lyrics themselves, okay? Um, you know, when I listen to it, to me, it was a diss song, but he was also firing back and replying to Machine Guns Kelly's diss to him. So that let me know that, you know, not only, uh, you know, not only I'm going to diss you, but I also listen to your music. And now I'm going to critique you on some things that you got wrong as also and also reply to a lot of uh, your questions about me. OK, and I felt like Eminem pulled it off. Lyrically, it was better than Machine Gun Kelly. Now, if you're talking about song, what what will keep you nodding your head, bobbing your head, okay? Clearly, the Machine Gun Kelly disc, when you talk about song-wise, was a good song, okay? But if you're only talking about rap battles, the rap lyrics themselves, uh, I think Eminem iced him uh, on, on, on his disc record. Okay, that's just my opinion about it, and that's not my. And I'm not the only one that has this same opinion. 
you know, DJ Academics tried to explain himself on his show and then on show, social media, explain, tried to change the narrative and explain himself again. Okay. And to me, when you got these so-called rap uh, critics, these rap journalists, these guys who uh, know everything and everything about today's hip hop and today's rap, the one element that they don't have or they don't apply or even use is lyric substance contents like Joe, but I don't think, um, when you're talking about Joe button, DJ academics, all these guys, they don't look at the actual lyrics. They don't, uh, take a transcript of the lyrics and read the lyrics to themselves. All right. I, I don't think they spend time doing that. I think they spend more time just you know, listening to it in, in on their headphones or listening to it in their car, listening to it while they're doing a show. And I feel like that's where you don't get the opportunity to really decipher the lyrics. Okay. Uh, it's one thing to read the lyrics, but then it's another thing entirely to understand where they're coming from with those lyrics. And that's why a lot of people feel like Eminem uh, won that battle between the two. Okay. So that's just my opinion on it. Um, some quick updates. Every once in a while, I don't know. It's not going to be a scheduled thing. It's going to be called What's Grinding My Gears. I'm going to have that on and popping on my uh, podcast. As well as the One Man, One Mic podcast. It's going to be going down every Thursday. Okay. And I really do appreciate the people who watch. I mean, watch. Listen to this. Okay. And I'm going to try to import these uh, these shows on my YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash I'm Chris the Dom one. Okay. Dot com. You can subscribe to me there. Right now, I'm just doing gaming streams. But I am going to get back into the flow of things of doing live streams and also talking about what's going on in the world today and this, that, and the third. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think of it was any uh the Manny oh yeah Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Money Mayweather. There's a rumor out there that suggests that they're going to get back into the boxing ring. I don't see it happening, okay? And if it does happen, it's going to happen uh because of these situ- situations either Manny Pacquiao which he's financially strapped or Floyd Money Mayweather gets to a point where he's got to recoup a lot of money that he's been spending for the past couple of years. And I really don't think it's going to be a big time draw. I don't think it's going to be uh, going to be making numbers. I, I think it's going to make decent numbers. But, uh, you know, real Floyd May- Mayweather fans are going to probably buy their tickets and buy the pay-per-view. Um, I say half of the Manny Pacquiao fans may, uh, uh, m- may buy this fight. Okay, but at the end of the day, I, I don't see this being a major big time super fight of the thriller of the thriller Manila, that type of situation, that type of scenario. Okay, uh, anywho, uh, I'm up out of here. I'll see you guys next Thursday. Peace.